0: Hello, my friend. You are tuned in to a brand new episode of TiePod, Pod, and today is going to be a good day because today we are joined by Sarah, who is going to give all of the behind-the-scenes goodness, talking about her team and her experience leading a team of coaches, which is a little bit different than some of the other teams we've had on the show. So, Let me just give you the spiel on who exactly Sarah is. Sarah is a personal trainer with a degree in psychology and a background in addictions counseling. She now helps women to get healthy physically and mentally, gain more confidence and feel more comfortable in their bodies through a virtual gym and membership called the Gym Fit Squad. FYI, y'all, I've taken a class with them and they kick butt in the best way. And it was like in the middle of my workday, 30 minutes in and out. And my husband was like, do you need a water? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. So really, really good classes. Um, They offer, like I said, virtual workout classes, but also nutrition coaching, community and accountability coaches. Sarah believes that looking good and losing weight is cool and all, but how you feel is so much more important. And you're going to feel your absolute best once you ditch that toxic diet culture and scale anxiety. She's also been working tirelessly to build an inclusive team to support you even more in her program. So as you can see, I have a lot of very positive feelings about Sarah, but I would (laughs) love for y'all to just get get a little cozy. Because although we're talking about physical coaches on her team, I think those of you who are hiring co-coaches, and different team members who are actually going to be interacting one-on-one with your clientele, I think you're gonna find a lot of value for this conversation. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, team dynamics consultant and trained industrial organizational psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TiePod. I've gotta take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TyPod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, But I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So Sarah, I'm going to pass the proverbial mic over to you. I'd love for you to just give a little bit more light, give a little bit more of your story around what brought you here to this space and to Gym Fitness Squad.
1: Yes. Okay. So hi, I'm Sarah Gemmel you know, it's interesting because all of this came about because of COVID. And it's it's just so interesting now, like that we've hit a year since the pandemic. Um, And like seeing kind of how it's grown in the last year. And, you know, you and I are in the same mastermind. And being in that mastermind really brought my attention to the fact that the way I built this business was completely different than how most people like are supposed to do it or like the recommended way to do it. Um, but long story short, I, I went through a divorce in 2016. And when I was going through that divorce, I needed a career change at the same time. Like I can't be miserable at home and at work. Like this is not vibing. This is not me. Um, so I was working in social services and it was just a very toxic environment for me being at home was toxic. So I quit my job, my secure paycheck, um, and worked as a waitress while I built up my personal training business, went and got, you know, certified the whole thing. And from that point, moving forward, I did the very traditional personal training thing being in the gym, you know, the half an hour sessions, the one hour sessions, and like calling it a day, right? Just like being in the gym nonstop. And I knew that for me being in the gym from nine o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning till after dinner was just not going to work for me. Um, I'm a horse mom too. So like, it just didn't make any sense for me to be in the gym when I have to feed horses and I have to do these other things. And I would like to date and have friends, you know? <laughs> like, so I was like, okay, I really would like to have an online portion of this business. And I kind of did that on the side to the in person stuff until the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, it's like, okay, we have all these platforms, we have like the base, we just have to transition people into these containers. Um, But one thing that we ran into an issue with was online was like, basically, there was just one option of high ticket one on one virtual coaching, right. But people in the gym were paying there was a, a, a group offer in the gym that was like a 100 bucks a month because you were sharing the time slot with four other people so it was only 25 dollars a session so to match that I had to create something different so I was like okay I actually it's so funny when the pandemic first hit my business coach was like you should do zoom sessions and I was like absolutely not <laughs> like, absolutely not I will not train on zoom I will do the virtual like the app and whatever so long story short, I ended up doing these classes. And when I started doing the classes for the people that I was already training in person, I was like, well, I might as well open it up to other people. Yeah. Right. And then I started opening up to other people. I was teaching, I think, six classes a week, just myself. And I started to like have these aha moments of like what this could be and what I wanted it to be. And the vision for me and growing a membership where we can offer all these different types of classes and all this support. like It's like it's a gym, but it happens virtually. And in order to grow this vision, I had to have a team. So that's why I say I do it the wrong, the wrong way. I did it the opposite way because I didn't wait until I had the money or until I had the clients. I knew that in order to get the clients and in order to grow the membership, I had to have a team. Right. So I just I came out of my own personal finances to finance building a team um, so that the clients could come in and they were already there. Right. Like we I needed the VA. I needed I didn't really need like the graphic designer, but I did need I needed the website. My website girl built my membership from scratch. Uh, my VA has been amazing. But then also the coaches. I can't teach this many classes I had a spinal fusion three years ago my body hates me after five classes a week like I can't keep adding these classes like what I wanted to do right because in my head I had this vision but my body was not going to do that on its own (laughs) yeah so I yeah yeah so I started hiring coaches and that's been an interesting um growth pattern I, I think
0: It makes me think about, okay, so, you know, in the online space, we're surrounded by the coaching world, right? And Mm -hmm. what you just said made me think about when there are whatever your services, service providers, coaches, that sort of thing, and they scale up and they have like all these VIP days or whatever. And it's like, I could keep accepting them, but I may die. Like, this is way too much. (laughs) And that's so at that point, where yeah, and that's when yes. they start thinking about like maybe I am at the stage in my business where a co-coach or just a different container is going to make more sense. Yeah. So obviously yeah. for your business model, what made sense was I physically cannot do this. Like we need to bring in these co-coaches. Wow. Yeah. So what was well, it you like the- doing it before you were ready, though? I mean, not not ready, but doing it before you were technically financially ready. Yeah. That must have been a little scary.
1: Uh, It was terrifying <laughs> because I, when we have like, okay, so the, the way you're supposed to do it, right. You get like a high ticket offer, you can make a bunch of money and then you can have a lower ticket offer that you can sell passively. And then you build a team. Okay, cool. Well, I have a lower ticket offer. Right. And I'm trying to bring people in. So you don't make a lot of money when you're selling a lower ticket offer to just a few people. Like it takes time to see the return on that. You have to sell it to a lot of people to see the return. Right. So it was like, the mindset of, yeah, we don't really have a lot of clients right now to justify bringing in other coaches, but to bring in other people, we, will, I need to have other coaches. So actually, let me distinguish here. So I have coaches and I have instructors. That was a distinct a distinction I did not make up until recently because I didn't need to, but my instructors teach the classes okay. and my, my coaches are taking care of the clients outside of the classes. Oh. Oh, gotcha. right. So I actually did not start with coaches. I was the only coach, you know, I ran the membership, I did the check ins and the calls and the thing. I started with instructors, because my vision was I wanted these live virtual classes, because the gap in the market for virtual workouts is that there's no accountability. There's no form correction, there's no human interaction. It's very uh unmotivating to ch- like to push yourself, right? Or if you don't show up, who knows who cares, you know, and If you're doing something in improper form, you might have no idea. You continue to do it in improper form and then, okay, now you're screwed. You have an injury. So that was the gap in the market we were trying to fill. I want live classes where we can see our clients. It's small groups. They have to schedule appointments for the class so we know if they're there or not. You know, We take attendance and we want to be able to do the form corrections and we can talk to you like we are right now. You can say to me, hey, Sarah, my knee hurts today. Okay, cool. Here's your modifications. I'm going to make sure Tiana's knee is taken care of in this session. Like you're not getting that anywhere else. So for me to bring in instructors, I had this vision of doing all these live classes that hit different, uh, schedules and different time zones and all these things. And then it was an also like, I wanted different types of classes. I don't teach yoga. You know, I don't teach Zumba. So I started with just one instructor. She taught kickboxing. Her and I have been uh, colleagues for a while. And she just wanted for her own health to start exercising. And like she wanted to get in, like she wanted to do something that was a little different from her social media uh, media management job. So she taught one kickboxing class a week. And then that's how we started. So now I was teaching my five classes. Now we had kickboxing, you know, and it was like, that's where we started. And then more clients started coming in. And then it was like, okay, now I can start with like another coach who does just one, just one class, mm-hmm. right? And now it's up to, now we're up to 20 live classes a week. I have a team of eight.
0: Jeez Louise. Wow. Yeah,
1: uh, I should, a team of instructors, like eight instructors. My yeah. team is larger than that, but my instructors are up to eight. We have 12 different types of classes over the span of 20 classes a week.
0: Come on. Come on, gym fitness squad. <laughs> First of all, did you know, um, this is funny. The, uh, P, I think everybody that listens to Type Pod knows this story. Did you know I was a Zumba instructor? no how I did not I'm not surprised but I did not know this I was um I love but that. not not actually in the legitimate sense I went okay basically long story <laughs> you short you were like a fake Zumba instructor uh, I mean I got certified and everything I took the class you know what I'm saying <laughs> okay, <But> okay. <laughs> long story short it was a rough time I had gotten a bunch of rejection letters from graduate school programs And I was just like, what am I going to do after I graduate from undergrad? I guess I'll just become a Zumba instructor Mm -hmm. and work in someone's lab part time and then I'll reapply to graduate school. So that was my big master plan. I still have the I have the pants. I got the Zumba pants. They're <laughs> awesome. Um, I have the DVDs somewhere, but I did actually go and get certified as a Zumba instructor. And then oh like two weeks later, one of the graduate programs was like, hey, that letter we sent you was an accident. Please come join her program. So I never ended up teaching classes.
1: <laughs> okay, OK, so you
0: certified. OK, I'm here for it. Uh, so that's that. Anywho, I'm I really, you. so you, d- you distinguished instructor from coach for mm-hmm. us. And what mm-hmm. I'm hearing is the instructors, you bring them on, but they are coming in with their own set of expertise, whether it's like kickbox, yoga, I don't know, Tai Chi, whatever it is that they teach. Yeah. Us.
1: Yeah. yeah. So they have to, they have their particular type of class. There are a couple instructors who are like me, they're personal trainers who teach group exercise. So personal trainers can do like strength training classes, mm-hmm. we can do hit classes, we can do, you know, arms, booty, uh, the suspension trainer class, those are all like just personal trainers. But the other classes that are like yoga, dance, fitness, kickboxing, that's a specialization.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm curious about then, because you said before you didn't start with coaches, do you have any coaches now?
1: Yes. Uh, so right now we have two coaches, um, a third one who is going to start hopefully soon. And then we have a couple applications we're going to go through. The goal is to bring on another wave of coaches, which is probably going to be between three and four, um, for the summer.
0: Okay. And they're, they're more hands-on when it comes to, I think earlier you said like the client check-ins and in like the actual coaching element of mm-hmm. the membership versus the yeah. workout, like fitness classes right
1: yeah okay so yeah so I'm, they're like oh I sorry. call them accountability no you're fine I call them accountability coaches
0: okay I was so super, they're there super to curious. Do the check-ins and yeah okay because I, I was really really curious about I'm trying to figure out the right way to word this so basically if there are the fitness instructors and the accountability coaches, obviously, when it comes to loving on your clients and making sure they're served and seen and held accountable and all of those mm-hmm. things, there's probably like a way that you like that done, kind of like, a, a you know, a marketing coach or a mindset coach, if they hire co-coaches they teach them like their framework, their way of taking care of their clients, making sure they feel seen and heard and valued and all of that good stuff. I'm curious, like what has it been like to train them on some of those quote unquote softer elements of the way things are done with the gym fit squad versus anywhere else? You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Um, I'm definitely not an expert in that
1: field. That's definitely been a learning experience for sure. The biggest thing with teaching that part, I think, is setting the expectation up front that this is my program, right? This is my business. This is my company. This is my program. But you're allowed to come in and put your kind of spin on it. So you have to stick to my fundamental core values of my company. And that's pretty easy because most of my coaches, all of my coaches right now coming in, have the same fundamental beliefs. So there are expectations that are set up front. We don't do weigh-ins. You are not allowed to ask your client for weigh-ins unless we are doing macro calculations because we need to know weight for that. That's the only time you're allowed to ask a client for their weight. Mm -hmm. That's a company-wide policy. So that's an expectation we set up front, right? We don't do diets. So you are not allowed to prescribe keto, you're not allowed to tell someone that they're not allowed to have carbs, that they're not allowed to have chocolate, that they're not allowed to have tacos, you know, or that they should do paleo, or that they should, you know, whatever, that they need a juice cleanse, not allowed. (laughs) Right, that there's these expectations, here's what we're definitely not going to do. I think that's Mm -hmm. really important um, to set those expectations up front. And then in terms of like, what do we do? That's been kind of a learning experience for all of us. So my coaches are really good at giving me feedback. Um, And it's kind of like learn as you go. I don't really know what they need to know until it comes up. So now there's just an open line of communication. When a client has a question about this, what do we do? How do we handle it? So if a client has a question on like, what classes should I take? I have resources built for that. The coaches are really just shuttling clients to the right resources And after a certain amount of time, they don't have to shuttle you to the resource because they know the answer. Or, you know, if you're if they're a certified personal trainer, they can tell you themselves. So like one coach right now, she's not a certified personal trainer, but she is certified through me to be a coach. Right. I'm the personal trainer. I'm the one who's designing the actual program and she's implementing it. So I'm certifying her in implementing what I created. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing to be in. It's certainly a weird thing to to articulate out loud, but it's definitely been a learning experience and it's interesting cuz I have not taken any coaches since last summer. So uh-huh. it'll be a whole year of only having two coaches plus myself cuz I have still a couple of clients left that I coach. Um it's been a whole year of figuring out what do they do on a daily basis? What do they do on a weekly basis? What are the tips and tricks for retaining clients, getting clients? um, What are the expectations? So kind of really paying attention over the course of the last year so that now when we bring this next round of coaches in, it's a little bit more clear cut of like, here's what your daily tasks are. Here, here's what your weekly tasks are. Here's what we do. And here's what we don't do. You know, here's how to be a coach.
0: You know, I think that's a really good point that you make. And I'm just thinking about myself, because I've been I've been trying to be a lot more cognizant of the way I frame things for people who have to lead other people, because I talk a lot about proactivity, right? Mapping out the SOPs, making sure the guidebooks are put together before we hire, hopefully, to be honest. But there is a large degree of the work that comes after the people are on the team. And I think that I love that you said that because it's just a reality check for everybody y'all. It's okay. Like, there are some things, like you just said, that we need to experience before we're going to create the rules around them, right? I don't know how I would handle this client situation until it happens. And then I'm going to work through it with my team. And it worked out well. Okay. Now we'll go and document it. So next time Mm -hmm. it happens, we're kind of prepared. That's a really good call out. I'm glad that you said that.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's kind of just like keeping it real. Cause Mm -hmm. I think ideally, yes, I would have all these things perfectly lined out. And I, I am very, uh, I'm a very strong believer in like open communication. So it's not going to be pretty. And it's not going to be perfect, especially because this is new for me. It's new for you. I don't have all the pretty SOPs and the guidebooks. Don't let don't take advice from me on that. But like, I just don't have all that, all mm-hmm. that set up. But when you come in to be my coach, I'm upfront with you about it. And I'm like, Hey, here's where we're at. Here's what you can expect. So the the open line of communication that says, this is not going to be perfect. And there are going to be times where there's miscommunication. There's going to be times where we don't have an SOP ready for that. There are going to be times when I tell you X, but really in theory, it doesn't work. So it'll be Y. Um, and like, just work with me. You know, you can give me that feedback. We're going to kind of learn as we go here. And I, the two coaches I have right now, I even told them like, you guys are kind of my guinea pigs. And part of that is going to be that things are not going to be perfect and things are not going to be this pretty like well-oiled machine yet. The, the purpose of this is to get there, right? So both of my coaches right now, they know that they can give me feedback and it I'm certain, I'm sure, I am certain that there are times they're not happy with me and they're like, <laughs> what the actual hell is happening. But once we identify there's an issue, I like to think, you know, they haven't told me otherwise that I'm on it. Like I'm on like, okay, let's fix it. Let's figure out what's going to work moving forward. And we'll just change the procedures.
0: Yep. Yep. And that open line of communication is absolutely everything. I was talking to someone about that the other day, just how it's, it's the undercurrent of anything I'll ever tell anybody who has a team, you know what I'm saying? So just to recap, if things, if the picture is not perfect, that's okay right now. We just have to communicate with the people who have decided to come into our teams and say, hey, this is where we're at. This is where we hope to be. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come along on this ride with me? And if yeah. they don't, that's fine. Like some people do want to enter into the perfectly well-oiled machine. But nine times out of ten, fun yeah. fact, if that's what you want to enter into, you probably need to go to corporate because that's not entrepreneurship. I'm just going to put that out there. You're <laughs> it. Today's episode is brought to you by Dubsado. Let me let you in on the world's best little secret. Dubsado is one of those systems that has literally reshaped and revamped the way I do business on a daily basis. It is one of my top three to die for systems that help things run smoothly on the back end. My team uses Dubsado daily for client management. It keeps us organized, on track, and serving our clients at the highest level possible. I am not lying when I say about 70% of what my team has been able to automate with a system. Y'all know I teach about that all the time, is automated in Dubsado. Yes, client onboarding, I mean, come on. Now you know, I'm not going to talk so highly about this and leave you hanging. I have got a partnership with DubSato that's going to save you 20% on your first year. You can simply go to the website and use code Tiana20, that's tianna N A two zero to save 20% on your first year of DubSato. Let me tell you personally, it is worth the investment. It literally changes everything.
1: Can I actually, can I tell you what I implemented after listening to your podcast? Yeah. What'd you implement? Virtual comment box. Ooh. Uh, like a, a virtual comment box. So on Typeform, I created a survey and it's literally just one, it's two questions. It's optional, do you want to put your name? And then the second question is like, what's your question, feedback, concern? Like comment here, and it's a link that my team, my admin team, my coaches, my instructors—they have access to that all the time. So that if there's something that they want to see change, or something that they don't like, or something that they think would work better, there's that that option for them, you know. And then it kind of snowballed into we have the same thing for clients, we have the same thing for affiliates. So we have this like evergreen virtual comment box because I want people to know that like. If there's something that you're not happy with, I'm open to the feedback. I'm not always going to take every single suggestion, but I'm open to the feedback. And we get feedback on every single class. Do you remember when you got done your class, we sent the email that said like, "Here, we want that feedback." You know, we keep Google Docs and all that stuff. So that was something we we implemented um, after listening to your your podcast. And it's still new, so not a lot of people are using it. But the idea that it's there Mm -hmm. is majorly helpful um but uh, when you're talking about this idea of like communication right the perfect example if you're at a restaurant right you put you order your food the waitress comes out she takes your order she leaves and then 45 minutes later you still don't have your food right if the waitress just hides in the back and doesn't come to the table at all you're going to be irritated af okay it's, you're miserable. You're like, where the hell is my food? Mm-hmm. And it's a, now a bad experience because you're waiting forever. You have no idea what's going on and she's nowhere to be found or he. As a, you know, as a server, if you were just to come out at like minute 43 and be like, Hey, I know it's been a while for your food. I, I haven't forgotten about you. I'm getting it out as fast as I can for a little backed up or whatever happened. Right. But that think about how your experience is different. If the waitress comes out and tells me that. OK, cool. Thanks for letting me know. You know what I mean? Or maybe they bring me some bread to hold me over or maybe they comp an appetizer. or you know what I mean? But that I think the communication, that's the perfect example to me when you have teams and clients is when things are getting messed up, just communicate with them, just let them know we haven't forgotten about you. We are working on this, but when you're working on something for like five business days (laughs) and just not communicating back and forth, you know, like I think there's a lot to be said for just like, here's what my expectations are, but also here's what's going on. Here's what we're working on. Here's what we're not doing well with, (laughs) Here's, you know, here's this, this, and this. And I, I think it's it's done really well for me to just keep it up front with people instead of ghosting people.
0: I'm obsessed with that analogy. Currently requesting that I can use that one day because that's a yes. <laughs> analogy because I am one of those people where I will be like Darius go find that waitress. I'm like, um, I yeah, I just hate it when they disappear because I've experienced that. And that is 10 times more frustrating than the waitress who comes by every like 10 or 15 minutes and is like, so sorry, like we're still working on it. Can I refresh your drink? Like, can I give you some bread? Please understand. We're just really bad. (laughs) A1 example. Oh, so good. Okay. To wrap up, I'm very, very interested in just hearing, I think what advice, just, I don't know, advice or one of the biggest lessons you've learned, just a last final word for somebody who's stepping into this or is already in this and they're just like, yeah, I got a lot to communicate about because we kind of in the weeds right now or whatever their situation is. What would you say to them? For someone who's building a team? Yeah. I think
1: the biggest thing for me is I is self awareness. So, like, identifying where you lack in skill and being open to the feedback from your team and being open to learning more. And it doesn't have to be something like you take a course or you hire a coach or you do something that's like this huge big deal, but there has to like consistently be little changes and little edits to what you're doing. Right. And I'm certainly not at your level of expertise in running a team. I don't like, no, that's not it. Right. But I've learned a lot about what I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about just trying to be as least toxic as possible. Right. Like <laughs> as a, I don't want to ever be like the toxic leader mm-hmm. who doesn't receive feedback or who just has these expectations. Cause it's easy. And I think it's natural to be a toxic leader. We think that people should just know what we're thinking. We should, yeah. we, they should just know the expectations. And I showed you something once, you should just know the, what I showed you. And it you have to constantly be aware of your downfalls as a leader and be working to change them. And I think the, the communication thing would be like the number one takeaway. So like you have this self-awareness of like, I know I'm not good at this, right? I'm gonna work on that, but I'm also gonna communicate with my team and let them know, hey, listen, I know I'm not good at this. You know, I'm open to your feedback. I want to hear your experience. We're going to figure this out together. So someone who's in my position where we are building a team and I'm certainly a lot better than I was years ago. Like I improve every week and every month and my team has been with me for a while. So I like to think, I like to think that I'm doing okay. (laughs) My my team of instructors has been with me for a long time. Um, They truly enjoy what they do. My clients absolutely love them. My admin team has been with me for a while. Um, And it it wasn't always like that. I mean, I went through a couple of VAs where I'm like, oh, my God, these VAs suck. And it's like, no, sis, it's you. (laughs) Like, you have no idea what you want. You have no idea how to train them. You have no idea how to, like, set your expectations. So I think that's really the biggest takeaway, hopefully, for people listening to this is, like, be self-aware, be insanely and stupidly self-aware of what your downfalls are um, and be open to that feedback without taking it personally. And then just keeping that open line of communication. Like, I think that's really where I've been successful. I keep it real with my team. I'm like, guys, listen, I know I'm a hot mess express. We're just going to, we're going to (laughs) figure this shit out,
0: you know? And like, that's that. (laughs) I genuinely don't think I could have said it better myself. I love (laughs) every single piece of what you just said. So for the other women, people, anybody listening right now who just like totally identify with everything you just said, or they just want to hear a little bit more about this whole gym fit squad. And they're like, where do I find Sarah? Someone please tell me, tell us all the places (laughs) where everyone can connect with you.
1: So it's super easy. Uh, you can just go to gem-fitness.com. So it's gem-fitness.com. That's got my socials linked. It's got um, everything in terms of like what we offer. Um, the GEM Fit Squad is really just like a virtual fitness studio. You can come in. It's a membership or we have drop-in classes for people who don't want the monthly commitment. And it's virtual workouts we can see you we know if you're there or not it has the accountability the motivation and the form correction which is really what makes us different um so you can find all of that on the website and, and i'm on instagram at sarah gemmel underscore
0: yeah y'all you can't cheat the way you cheat when you watch a youtube video so if you think that it's the same as just watching things online take it from someone who went and i was <laughs> like oh we're really doing push-ups right now and i really have to do them Day. yes yes so- <laughs> So
1: all those times that you think you can just skip a set or you Uh can rest for like seven and a half minutes because you're scrolling (laughs) on Instagram or your pet, your dog, like we it's so funny because just last week, two girls at the same time. So I have my zoom screen and two of the squares at the same time they had walked out of the screen and I, I forget who it was, but let's say it was like Tiana and Sarah. And I'm like, uh, Tiana, Sarah, where are you at? Like, you guys, are you good? And like, you see them like pop back into the screen and they're like, we're here, we're here. And then they start working out again. You're not getting that from YouTube or Peloton or Beachbody. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, just saying.
0: Just saying, just (laughs) putting that out there. Well, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Sarah, for just like keeping it real with us because, you know, in this community, we love to have honest conversations about what it actually is like to manage people. And I feel like your perspective was such gold. So I really, really appreciate it. The non-expert
1: perspective
0: is <laughs> valuable all expert, the way. Yes. yes you yeah. Like we all
1: start somewhere. Right. And like to know that I did it backwards, I think is interesting. You know, yeah. like I, I was not ready to manage a team when I started building a team. What's going to get you ready is build the team and then get your shit together
0: mm-hmm. and
1: lead them properly.
0: <laughs> be self-aware. Like she said, that final word of wisdom, mm-hmm. self-awareness is absolutely fundamental. So thank you, ma'am. I totally enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah, you too. Thank you.